Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. Indeed. She's Peggy. He's Tony. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. Indeed. I got to tell you about a story I read. I'm going to just ignore it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Folks, sorry. All these silly words and nonsense sounds that he makes, I don't even notice them anymore. (laughs) No, she just lets them go by. Indeed a doodle. Don't even, yeah. I I didn't even notice. I just was going forward. Because I wanted to tell you about a story that I read this week. It was really cool. There are these brothers, the Hemphill brothers, that have Hemphill Brothers Coach Company. And normally, they provide the like tour buses for rock stars, for (laughs) for traveling entertainers. And of course, in the last year, all the concerts were canceled and everything. So they didn't have many traveling entertainers that needed their buses. And so they took to renting them to families who (laughs) didn't get to take their, I don't know, flight to Italy or whatever. And so they rented these buses with drivers so that you could tour the country. Like a rock star. Like a rock star. Yeah. (laughs) On one of these tour buses. Came with a driver and everything. Apparently, they're still doing it. This is one of the... Most awesome new normal stories. (laughs) I mean, we love to travel with an RV, right? But imagine traveling with an RV and someone else does the driving. Yeah, you're sitting in the back, (laughs) just, you know, on a couch or whatever, enjoying the scenery. Well, meanwhile, somebody is driving the tour bus. I guess it's kind of like taking a train, but... Yeah. But there might be a little more flexibility on the, on where you can go. Yeah, that's true. Anywhere a tour bus can go, I guess. Yeah. But it ain't cheap to live it like a rock not. star. <laughs> I mean, you know, buses are expensive. Drivers are expensive. Right. We have a link to the article and you can read the whole story yourself and... Perhaps you would like to travel like a rock star. Travel like a rock star. I think it would be fun to do. We just need to have like use our life savings for a day of travel. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, if you do it, please let us know. Maybe I could take my washboard and bottle cap gloves on the road. Oh, we could do an entertaining tour. Yeah, we could, you know, right. but oh, wait, no more live concerts. Well, eventually. Well, not no more. Eventually. I mean, yeah. I mean, people are starting to get their vaccines and pretty soon we should have an, the new normal should really be normal. Yeah, the old normal. <laughs> Well, actually, up the road from us in the Sticks and Bricks, there's a local band playing at their outdoor restaurant. So it's, and you know, our friend Diana, who talked about New Brownfells, went to a restaurant and they had, it was a German restaurant and they had an accordion player. Right. We have been going to the farmer's market Uh, and there's always some entertainment there. So things are starting to... Part of it, of course, is vaccines and part of it is spring is coming, which is very exciting. Yeah. And I think we've adapted in many cases. And yeah, yeah, I think the thing I miss most as we've all been sheltering in place and all of that. I mean, we have been traveling, as you all know, but I I think live music is what I miss the most. I absolutely love local bands. Now that springtime is here and it's warming up a little bit, that should be 
easier to do. And so maybe we'll get to start seeing some live music again. Absolutely. What else do we have today? Today, we are talking with Mike and Kim Lockwood from Up Close RV. And they have developed a system that you can find places to stay in your RV. Let's hear all about it. We'll be back after this. We love being part of the largest club of RVers with events, rallies, tours, resources, and more. And you can be too. That's the FMCA, and it's not just for motorhomes anymore. Now any RVer can join the FMCA and enjoy their fantastic benefits. Yeah, like chapters where people of common interest gather and go on outings and adventures together. It's a great way to meet other RVers who share your interest or location. But there are other great resources too, like a beautiful magazine, forums, videos, tutorials, and so much more. And don't forget the incredible programs like Medical Assist, where the FMCA is there for you in the event of a medical emergency on the road. Yes, and we signed up for the FMCA's Roadside Assistance, which specializes in RVs and offers towing to the nearest qualified repair facility, no matter how many miles away it is. It's a great optional program that's been part of the FMCA for years. Plus, of course, we've got a good deal for you. New members can save $10 on an FMCA membership. We've got the details and more information on this terrific organization on our discounts and deals page at StresslessCamping.com. Join us and other RV enthusiasts at an upcoming rally or gathering and save money in the process. Now, now that's Stressless, stressless camping. camping. We are really excited to welcome Mike and Kim Lockwood, the owners of Up Close RV. Mike and Kim, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Yeah, thank well, you thanks. For having us. thanks for having us. Mike and Kim share the fact that they are both Army veterans having served our country so we want to start by thanking you for doing so for our audience who haven't had a chance to spend a long time on your website as i have (laughs) tell us (laughs) what is up close rv up close rv was spawned out of me living in my rv for two years as i got ready to retire from the military and the thought process of up close rv is getting up close to where you need to be when I rented a space down in Stafford, Virginia, it still took me an hour and a half commute to get to work at the Pentagon. And it was the closest campground that was reasonably comfortable. It wasn't a junky campground or what have you. But every morning on my way to work, I would pass by people with their own property that had RVs in their driveway. And I'm like, well, he's got his park there. Why can't I just rent out that spot in his driveway and I could get closer to work and then I wouldn't have the big long commute and he could make a little extra income. Right. So that was the genesis of how we started that. So then you started this company and just jumped in with both feet because you had not started your own business in the past. That's correct. We just, we didn't know what we were going to do after retirement. I did the business plan. I did some research. I realized there were problems in the camping industry and I thought I could help solve some of that problem. And she looked at the business plan and said, yeah, I think we can do that. And so we threw our IRAs at it. (laughs) (laughs) And life insurance. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, I don't have little kids anymore, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, well, we, for many reasons, we wish you a lot of success. One is that you're really filling a need right now, as I'm sure we're all aware, there were over half a million RVs sold in the U.S. last year, and they anticipate a similar experience this year. And already people are saying they're making reservations in 2022 because 2021 is full. So one of oh, the problems yeah. that you're 
site solves is that. Basically, you're acting as a matchmaker between somebody who has an RV and somebody who has property that they might be able to stay at correct? That's correct. I mean, so we're kind of the middleman, right? But because we're the middleman, we help vet the RVers that are coming to people's properties and we ensure that the property owners, you know, it's kind of secure with who's coming to their property. That platform provides security for both of them. Right. And one of the big, I'm sure you're familiar with Harvest Hosts and Boondockers Welcome. Yeah. And those are essentially one night with very, very few exceptions. You are different from that in that is there a time limit that somebody can rent from somebody? So it's really up to the property owner. I have property owners that, you know, you can stay for as long as you want, uh, rent you month to month. And then I have other property owners that say, well, you can come for a week. Or if you're coming through just a night, you can do that too. Okay. okay. So it's the whole gamut. And then the property owners, also unlike Boondockers Welcome and Harvest Hosts, can be compensated. So as the RVer, you are paying for the space like at a campground. That's correct. And I noticed that prices were really, really reasonable through up close RV. Right. We try and keep it reasonable. Our fee to the property owner is only the cost of the credit card processing, the 3%, right? So I don't take a lot off the top. On an average night's rental, I'll make maybe, depending on, on the price of that rental, but I'll make maybe two, three, four bucks for the night. That was one of the issues that I saw in the campground industry as I did the research. People are charging an arm and a leg for camping spots because they can. You know, it's commensurate with a hotel. So if if I wanted to go camping, the reason I went camping and bought my RV is because I don't want to pay hotel prices and I don't want to pay for a flight and I don't want to do all that yeah. and incur all that cost. But now in the industry, those costs are being incurred because the prices are being driven up. I've seen campgrounds now that are over a hundred bucks a night, yeah. which is yeah, it's, crazy. It's crazy, and it's all supply and demand. And yeah. so you're also alleviating some of that pressure because if you own a campground, as long as you can unlock the gate in the morning, you're bound to have a full campground right now. Right. Right. And so this is also neat in that somebody can stay, like let's say if you want to go to major attractions, if you're looking for traditional campground, good luck. But this might be a way to stay close to tourist attractions. Or if you're working out of your RV, as you did, which is how this all started. Yeah. How much shorter was your commute after you found something closer to the Pentagon? So the idea came to me, but I didn't find I didn't find anything, right? Oh, yeah, because you had to invent the up-close RV. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. We look at um, Hershey Campground here, and it is, in peak season, it's 125 bucks a night. Jeez. Wow. With wow. a minimum of two nights stay. Wow. That's an RV payment. Yeah. Yes. And then some. Yeah, right. you might as well stay in a hotel for that. Yeah. And, but the guy across the road could, in theory ran out of his driveway for 50 bucks for the night yeah. and provide 110 or electric and, and water from his, his spigot. And they would be able to go to the Hershey Park and have a great time, have a place comfortable to stay and not have to pay an arm and a leg. Yeah. 
Yeah, and all RVs are meant also to be off the grid for a given period of time. And so I also noticed in the setup process as a host, there are provisions for 30 amp and 50 amp service and sewer and water and and whatever. So it's not just dry camping with a closed RV. In our driveway, we have 30 amp, we have water, and I have the ability for them to dump. So if someone wants to come and stay, our first... Actually, our first customer stayed in our driveway for a month. Wow. wow. He was a young man who had just bought an RV. He bought the RV. He didn't know where to park it. And he was living in Harrisburg. And he just wanted to get away from the city. And so we have about an acre that backs up to a creek here that he would go out and he would play in the creek. And he, it'd be like, it was like a, a poor man's vacation home, if you will. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd make fires in the fire ring. Yeah. And he'd, he'd come up here on the weekends. He'd go to work during the weekday and come up here on the weekends. That's just- cool. Kept the spot for a whole month. That's terrific. And what an opportunity because you can camp near things that you would like to camp near in cities or, and that right now, I think urban stays are more difficult to find. There's so many people working out of RVs that this makes perfect sense. If you're in the middle of a city, you can find a spot through a close RV and really save yourself. Well, and you know, we do run into issues, right? To be upfront, we run into zoning issues and that kind of stuff. Same thing, all campers who are looking for a place to stay outside of a city or an urban area or people who want to full-time, right? And who want to go and buy a piece of property and say, I'm going to buy, I'm going to full-time on this piece of property. Yeah. And then they find out the zoning goes, eh, no, you're not doing that. Exactly. It's okay for us where we're at, if you have a piece of property to stay on it. But when you get closer into Carlisle or into the town, they're like, Uh, You're not doing that here. Yeah. That doesn't stop people who want to join up close RV and have a piece of property from hosting for a couple days or hosting for a week if somebody's coming to town. Right. 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 Because you can always play it off as, oh, no, those are my cousins. They're just staying for the day. (laughs) I mean, I never advocate (laughs) circumventing the rules. (laughs) That's my West Virginia cousin. Yeah, but we definitely understand that there are zoning rules and there are limitations. But for hosts, do you require that they offer any kind of hookups or is that just a by host decision? The host decides. We have a spot up in northern Pennsylvania. She just has a grassy spot. It's in a great place. She just wants to share her property for people who come and visit the area. Has no no hookups. It's called the Grand Canyon of Pennsylvania. Huh. Oh. It's a place people really want to go to. I bet. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I would imagine so. Now, you had talked about vetting the renters. How do you go about doing so? Because we're really just a small company, I talk to almost every renter. People don't know about us as much right yet. And so I have to go out and market the properties. And in doing so, when someone comes back to me and says, yes, I'm interested in staying there, I will talk to them. And I ask the questions. I say, how big's your rig? Are you bringing pets? How many people are coming with you? Do you have a tow vehicle? Tow vehicle, right? Right. (laughs) Because there's not many of my property owners who want you to come and just drop your trailer, right? Right. Right. (laughs) And then what brings you to the area? 
the other piece of vetting here is we don't take cash, right? If you're asking to book one of our properties, you have to be credit worthy enough or solvent worthy enough to have a credit card. Good, yeah. And that's one of the many good things about what you're doing is the payment is made through your website through a secure portal. Right. Right. So somebody who is renting a spot rents through the website and the hosts are paid through the website. So it's a secure system both ways. And that's a good thing. Yeah. So Stripe is the same system that a lot of the bigger companies use. Yeah. The good thing about it is that the payment for whatever stay an individual will stay is taken up front. So if they decide they didn't want to pay or they or something went wrong, the property owner still gets their money because oh, right. it's held in escrow until the end of the reservation. Okay, so that's good. So you know that they're going to pay you. <laughs> right, because they've already paid. It's held. Right. Then it's dispersed after the end of the reservation. Okay. Now, is there a way to search... By services, like I want 30 Amp or I want Sewer or any of that, or is it by listing name? So those are functions we're thinking about as we grow to add some search functions and that kind of thing. You can't do it right now. Basically, you're looking at the properties by state. That's really what you're doing. I look at the property. If there's a state I want to go to, I see if there's a property in that area. Okay. Okay. We know those modifications need to be made. We're just not in a place right yet to, yeah. to do <laughs> yeah. those. One bite at a time. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's how you eat an elephant. Yeah, exactly. Although I prefer barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any campgrounds list their sites? Or is that something you're thinking of? I don't know that I want to do that yet, if we do it at all. Because this is really for the individual property owner. It's to help them out, right? And it's to help the RVer out. If we start flooding the site with the campgrounds, well, then we become another campground service. Yeah. Right? Right, right. Since this is kind of my thought process about what I want to do with after the Army, right? Kind of a, <laughs> I want to create something. I want to do it my way. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. Want, I want to do it so I help people not to become another big commercial entity where people get frustrated. Well, they're just after my money. Right. This is a platform to help folks. And I think you fill a huge need that's out there on a variety of levels. One is the availability of just spaces in general and providing places to stay in locations that might not be anywhere near a campground, but are still very desirable as somebody looking for a place to stay. Yeah. So I think there's two huge needs you're filling here. I applaud you. It's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks. We just need to get the word out. We continue to, to grow, you know, and we're growing slowly, which is okay for me. Getting the word out both to the RVer and to the property owners. And I think the hardest market piece of this for us is the property owner. People who have never been RVing before in their life, who own property, who don't understand the benefit that they might get from doing this. Right. That's a good point. Now, I know Harvest Hosts has a big insurance policy because we have a listing with them. Mm -hmm. Is there protections for the property owner provided by UpClose RV? We have attempted to try and find a good policy. So most of the policies, those kind of policies, they have a $5,000 deductible. We're looking for a policy that will fit the needs of the property owner 
It won't cost an arm and a leg. Yeah. And we just haven't found that policy yet. So what we do right now is we offer a camping waiver, kind of like a standard camping waiver for the property owner to have their RV or sign when they come on the property. Oh, okay. We have a five-minute spot coming out on Fox Business. It's supposed to be the following Saturday or the one after that. And it's going to air at 12 noon on their Trending Today segment. Along with some other small business, outdoorsy type small businesses. That will definitely help. Well, we're excited. It's a good spot. We like it. Um, we yeah, did I, it on the Gettysburg Battlefield. Oh, very cool. Did some interviews there, and we moved to one of our host properties in the area, a nice farm that um, is not too far from us. She's an organic cattle ranch. Huh. And she's, um, how old is Edna? She's like 80. 80. Wow. wow. But she loves having people on her property, and every person that comes to her property, she makes them a loaf of banana bread. Wow. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> that brings up a question I didn't write down, but are there experiences that you're aware of on your site? So somebody would go like the farm or things like that, where maybe it's not just a stay, but it's a stay in something additional. Not too many yet. One property, she would bring people out and her desire was to teach people how to homestead. Oh. Mostly livestock. She, I don't think she grew anything, but she also was willing to give cooking classes. Oh. Nice. That would be cool. Yeah. She's getting herself set up for when everybody can go inside again. (laughs) Well, not necessarily. I mean, Well, unless you do it outside. We could do campfire (laughs) cooking. Yeah, well, we kind of do. I did look at some of your tips, your article on tips for cooking. (laughs) I'm going to probably put some of those in play when we go out here in our backyard in our fire pit. There you go. (laughs) If you see any articles on the site that you'd like to share, feel free to do so. I mean, we, you know, we all are always looking for more views, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. (laughs) Mike and Kim, thank you so much for making time for us. Thank you so much for allowing us to help plug our new business and get the word out. Well, we think you're just answering a need that's absolutely out there. And and we wish you a lot of success. I think just people getting to know what you're doing and I think you'll be busy. Yeah. I I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope we help a lot of people. One of the things we run into is young RVers who have just jumped into this and don't know the ins and outs of RVing. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot more of that. People would just basically said, you know what? That's it. I'm going to go live the glamorous life on the road. And then they find out, yeah, there's a lot more to this. Yeah. Than this <laughs> it's more than just getting behind the wheel. <laughs> well, I mean, that's been the cornerstone of what we've been doing here. Yeah. You know, in the past, the RV lifestyle really appealed to people who had interest and, in, you know, they studied it for years and saved up and then yeah. they retired and bought an RV. Now it's like, yeah. I don't know how to go on vacation. I'm going to go buy an RV. And from what yeah. we hear from RV dealers, there are people literally walking in saying, what do you have or what are you getting? I'll take it with no more yeah. knowledge than that. I mean, not always, but then they, they learn. This is a very different experience than you had anticipated and then the online forums are full of those people obvious like uh i have an rv and i have no idea what i should do what should i do i'm like okay where do you want us to start (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's where our basic training i mean we have people who bring their rvs from the dealership practically and they, Mm -hmm. they come in and we basically take two days 
and show them the ropes in these things with their actual RVs, it really works out great. You know, usually at college, you're final exam is a written exam in our case it's dumping your black tank yeah that's what we call that's the final, your, exam. final exam <laughs> and do it before we leave so we can be there to help <laughs> uh, yeah that's great that's a great service I, I just you're right on the online forums i see them all the time people just what do i do What's this button for? Yeah. You know, how do I do this? What is this black tube stuck in my bumper? What is that thing? (laughs) (laughs) Mike and Kim, thank you so much again. It's a real pleasure to meet you. Hopefully our paths can cross out in the real world at some point. That would be great. Yes, sir. That would be fantastic. Again, thank you both for your service to the country and happy travels. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. you. You're welcome. Everybody seems to be talking about lithium batteries for their RVs. Of course, they charge faster, last longer, weigh less, and require zero maintenance. Plus, you don't have to replace them every few years. We love Lion Energy's safe lithium batteries, and with their limited lifetime warranty, they're the last batteries you'll have to buy for your RV. Of course, we have a discount for you on our Discounts and Deals page, and you can learn more about why lithium is the way to go. So we live in the Cumberland Valley, obviously a lot of history, a place called Wagner's Gap is just a stone's throw from here. The predatory bird migration along the ridgeline every fall, people are out there just counting all the different types of predatory birds, the hawks and what have you that migrate to that area. Yeah, it's very nice. Of course, Gettysburg. Gettysburg is only 45 (laughs) minutes from us. And it's uh, obviously a huge tourist attraction. If you do come up, get a private tour with one of the older military historians that has graduated probably from the war college. A lot of those guys do that, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> we get out here and we graduate from the war college and we decide, well, maybe I'll be a historian and do a tour for Gettysburg or something. There's a lot of retired military. In Carlisle, it's a sleepy little town, right? One of those towns that... Rolls up the sidewalks at nine o'clock. <laughs> no, it's earlier than that. Yeah. No, it's like six. In the center of Carlisle is the Army War College. Not well known out even outside the gates in Carlisle. <laughs> it's known well known in the military. Every year they bring potential general officers and teach them, spend the year here getting their master's degree in strategic studies. Huh. The officers they send here, they believe have the potential to do some strategic assignments afterwards. Is there a lot of camping in that area? There's some campgrounds. There's state parks. Colonel Denning State Park is a beautiful place if you want to go and hike and what have you. Pine Grove Furnace. Probably within a 30-mile radius of us, there's at least six state parks. I don't know exactly how many campgrounds, but there's probably half a dozen in Gettysburg. And from what I understand, when it's more crowded, they book up. Yeah. That's especially when you go to Up Close RV. Right. (laughs) And the Susquehanna River is just you know, 30 minutes from us. But during the summer, so it's, a, you know, the U.S.'s largest non-navigable river. But you get out there and you can canoe or kayak. You can stand out in the middle of the river. It's huh. hugely wide, but very oh. shallow. You can stand out in the middle of it and v- visit the islands and what have you. It's really pretty. Oh, that's Interesting. really cool. 
And then you had also talked about the Grand Canyon of the East. Grand Canyon, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Pine Creek Gorge, which is north of us. It's got a rails to trail pathway through it. It's really gorgeous. The Pine Creek runs through it. You walk through wooded cliffs, if you will. It's really nice. And then any secret places that are like, oh man, nobody knows about this that you want to <laughs> share with people perhaps? I'm thinking of an urban campsite that we have in Albuquerque. Oh. It's in a walled area and she's got gardens inside and she, there is a limit into the size of the uh, RV. I think her limit is like 30 feet and you can't stay in, there any longer than a week. Huh. So that's kind of neat because there we don't have very many urban spots, but that is right. one of them. Okay. Interesting. Well, that's just another reason to go to Up Close RV. Yeah. And then you're close to, when you're in Albuquerque, you're close to a lot of things that are oh, yeah. visitor worthy as well. In fact, I think we're going through that way. So we might have to see if that's on our route. <laughs> Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> The Lockwoods have some cool folks we have to see and cool places we have to be. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you again, Mike and Kim, for telling us about your service and telling us some places to go look for your service. We will likely work with them to set up at least one place here on the West Coast. Yeah, absolutely. At Stressless Camping World Headquarters. Yes. And there will, I'm sure, be others. We've talked to a few people who are interested. So that's cool. Hey, you know what we could put out front? You know what we could do? We could decorate our spot with flamingos. Pink flamingos. Absolutely. That would be fun. So if you've been to an RV park with vintage trailers or done, you know, any sort of 50s kind of retro stuff, you have likely seen those plastic pink flamingos that used to be ubiquitous in the 50s. It was a very popular thing. And I kind of always wondered, what's the deal with pink flamingos? Like They're just cute. Yeah, but how did it? (laughs) start and so i looked into it wrote a story over on stressless camping which you can go read but here's kind of the gist of it all please tell so the pink flamingo was developed by a company called the union plastic company and the dude who actually designed them was don featherstone interesting (laughs) i know right interesting name and it was actually his second product on his new job there at union plastic back in 1957 wow his first product they made single mentioned just flat ducks and flamingos so he was tasked with making a 3d duck which he did and then a 3d flamingo which he did sales of the ducks and flamingos really took off and that was at a time when the cookie cutter subdivision was really starting to become a thing and so these were a cheap way two dollars and 75 cents for two (laughs) pink flamingos to to decorate your yard and it was cool make your yard a little different from everyone else yeah now did they use those ducks as decoys i know there's a lot of 3D decoy ducks you know, for I hunting. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so anyway, so of course, then the 60s came and they became less popular. But in 1972, John Waters Uh-oh. put a f- <laughs> pink flamingos. <laughs> now, if you are offended by things... Don't watch that. Don't watch that movie. <laughs> don't watch any John Waters movie. No, but so the lead character, Divine, who's a drag queen, is set out to be the most disgusting person. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. Yeah, but Divine has 
pink flamingos out in front of the trailer. And so it became an icon of the gay community. And they had earrings and shoes and shirts and all of that. And so it kind of got popular again. And then in the so 80s... So Divine literally is who made it popular again. Well, Divine or John Waters, John basically, Waters yeah. Movie. Huh. And then in the 80s, with the TV show Miami Vice, Union Plastics literally set a record huh. in production in the 80s because pink flamingos were super cool. And they were on shirts and in wall huh. decorations and, and all of that. Because they were on Miami Vice? Yeah. Huh. Was, that show was quite the cultural influence. I mean, I stopped wearing socks in the 80s because oh. of Miami Vice. Anyway, now the thing with the pink flamingos is to get flocked. Excuse and what the, me? Yeah. And what that is, is a charity will buy a whole bunch of these things and literally cover your front lawn with them. And for like a dollar a flamingo or whatever they set up. Some kind of donation. Right. Some donation, the charity will then come and take the flamingos away. And in some cases, you can then say, well, go to John's house down the street. For an extra donation. Perhaps. Yeah. Our theater company has done a similar thing oh. called cruddy Christmas caroling. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And people pay us to go away. <laughs> yeah. it's That is so much fun. <laughs> so anyway, that's the, the current thing. Now, here's one of the weird things. Did you know that Don Featherstone actually won a Nobel Art Prize for the Pink Flamingo, too? Really? Isn't that crazy? Wow. So these things are like they're, everywhere from Divine's earrings to Nobel Prizes. Well, I think Divine's front porch. Okay. I think Divine kind of made it a popular icon, which then turned into earrings and another. I have a Pink Flamingo shirt. We have Pink Flamingo. Well, actually... Before we bought our current trailer and we camped in a box trailer, the whole theme was pink flamingos. That's true. We still have them because, you know, you never want to get rid of them. So we have pink flamingos and lights and wine glasses and shower curtain. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do have. However, sadly, the Union Plastic Company in 2006 went out of business. So that was sad. However... A New York company purchased all the molds and copyrights and keeps making them to this day. Oh, that's good. And then get this, Don Featherstone signed the mold and figured that was a way other people wouldn't copy it. Oh. And so for a while they had taken the signature off and people revolted. They oh. wanted the Don Featherstone signature oh, and so they put it back. Huh. So there's another myth about pink flamingos. There is another myth about pink flamingos. <laughs> and that myth is that if you have pink flamingos in your yard or pink flamingos at your campsite, let's just say you are in the more the merrier group <laughs> that you could invite other people in for late night situation. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but there is that myth. That it's a that's myth. A, I couldn't yeah. find any truth to it. So in conclusion, they still make about a thousand pink flamingos a day using 270 million pounds of plastic every year. Wow. So there you go. Pink flamingos. I'm still using them. I don't care what it I, represents. I totally like them. Well, Supposedly it, it, I, represents. I found no evidence that that's the case. So well, there you go. Good to know. Hopefully you didn't think that story was for the birds. Oh, I haven't done a good joke heavens. on this show in a while. <laughs> Sorry, folks. So last week, in our question of the week, we asked if you had been having trouble making reservations. And we got really almost... A 50-50, we got like nine yeses and eight noes, and then a little bit of conversation. So I guess some places or some parks or some times or something is giving people struggles, but apparently it's not a horrible, awful thing. 
Chris said that he started making his reservations in November for the entire year of 2021. So that was probably really good planning. I know some parks you can't reserve more than six months or something in advance. Kara said that the reservations that she tried to make, the park was full in May, so she wasn't able to do that. And Klaus said he's winging it, and so far that's been working for him. Yeah, and that's what Mark Kapp, <laughs> the campground expert, told that's us. That's right. He said he, he, said he never makes reservations no. until that day. So I guess the moral is if you haven't already started, wing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, or a lot of day of, but then have several backups. Have that several backup plans, right? Mark recommended. And we did that. That's how we managed our trip in January and everything went swimmingly. Absolutely. It was great. And we did a couple of times make slight changes to what we were planning, but everything worked out and we were just fine. By the way, you can find the question of the week over on our Facebook group where we try to keep things friendly and happy and polite. Yes. You should never feel bad about asking a question over there of any sort. Answering or asking questions. Go for it. This week, you can answer the question, have you seen the movie Nomadland? Please let us know because I'm really interested in finding out what people i've been reading some reviews about it it seems also kind of a mixed bag of reviews so well it's interesting how it was done because there's the star of the movie and then some actual real situations that she's in including time spent with bob wells who is sort of the spokesperson for the van life yeah and so we will watch it tonight yeah and we will let you know what we think next week right well so there you go another week at the campfire on the stressless camping podcast boy we appreciate your being here. I don't know if you know this, but we now have a weekly newsletter. Yeah, and that's free, free too. weekly free. newsletter. So if you go on www.stresslesscamping.com and sign up for our newsletter, you'll get once a week a newsletter and nothing else. We're not going to sell or give away your email address. We're just going to send you our weekly newsletter. That is correct. And we also have articles that we think might be of interest to you, not only from our website, but from around the web, including this week, we know of two RV seminars going on, for example. And there are links to those, including a discount for the Nerf to one. There you go. So go into the website, check it out, tell your friends. And from that website, www.stresslesscamping.com, jump off into Facebook, and yeah, Instagram all the and all are. those places. Yeah, sign up for the newsletter. All of that stuff is there. And also what you'll find there is our discounts and deals page. That's where you get the best deals on things you'll need for your stressless camping adventure. And of course, if you've got a great deal for our audience, we'd love to share that too. So let us know. And if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, don't forget... It's free! It's free to subscribe on any podcast app. We're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And if you could take the moment to write us a review, it would be so helpful for us and so wonderful to hear from you. Yeah, that basically tells Apple that people are listening and like the podcast. And then the more people who listen, the better the guests are. So that's what's in it for you. Thank you again for joining us this week. We really appreciate your bringing us along wherever you're going and being in your ears for another week. And until next week, happy camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!